0: Welcome to the Linked Up Church Podcast. We are passionate about connecting people to God, family, purpose, and community. Today, Pastor Joel Gregory continues in the Connect 21 series with a powerful message called No Prayer, No Power. Let's hear what God has for us today.
1: Today is day seven of Connect 21 Days of Prayer and Fasting. And, of course, our devotion for today was uh, in his presence. So, so appropriate the songs were for today from Mark chapter 6, verses 45 and 46. And my takeaway from that was, of course, Jesus had just finished uh, feeding 5,000 people and, and all of the miracles and signs and wonders. But he sent his disciples over to the other side in a boat. And Jesus himself went off to a solitary place up into a mountain to pray and my takeaways from that was simply this how many know failure can be a poor teacher and what I mean by that is Jesus is showing you after great success he acknowledged that it was his prayer life that put him in position to have that success but then after God gives you the success how many know you need to depend on him more And going back to God after he gives you success just simply means, God, everything that I have came from you, and anything that I'll have in the future, I have to depend on you every step of the way. See, sometimes when we become successful, we don't need God as much. And what Jesus just showed us is that after great success, you really should depend on God more. Praise God. Now, let's talk about and get into what I believe the Lord has for me for the next couple of weeks during this Connect 21 Days of Prayer. And it's really, the title is No Prayer, No Power. And not N-O, but K-N-O-W. And so another way to think about that is what we're going to talk about is the power of a praying church. And I can't recall, we were at a conference years ago, and I can't remember the the, the minister that said it, but I never forgot it. And he said, never measure your church or the success of your church or the effectiveness of your church by the crowds on Sunday morning. Measure the effectiveness of your church by the size of your prayer meetings. And so if you think about it, prior to yesterday, you know, if there are 4,000 people, which is what it was pre-pandemic, If that's the case and 90 attend prayer on Saturday morning we're not an effective church okay so now there's only one real challenge in the church of God today and that is the prayer life of the church sometimes the focus is on everything except prayer when the church knows the importance of prayer it will also experience the power of God. See, how many of y'all want to see more miracles? How many of y'all want to see more healings? That is not happening without more prayer. More prayer, more power. Or if you know prayer, you'll know God's power. When the prayer life of the church is strong, watch this. This is interesting. All problems will find a solution all of our difficulties will eventually disappear if the prayer life becomes vital, powerful, and revived. See, we don't do 21 days of prayer and fasting just so that at the end you can say, I did it and then I'm back to my old life. We're trying to create habits in you that long after 21 days ends, the habits stay with you. For prayer is the very life of the church. It is the life of the church's individual members. It is the life of the church's worship. Couldn't you tell they have prayer lives? It is the life of the minister. It is the life of every experience that we have in this church. Prayer should precede it and prayer should follow it. Now, let's read our foundation text today. In Acts chapter four, verses 23 through 35, Now, I learned in Bible school, you never start reading at the middle of the text without going back and explaining to people everything it said up to that point so that you don't take, and also verses after that, so that you don't take that text out of context. So to understand what we're going to start reading at verse 23, I'm just going to give you a synopsis. Back in Acts chapter 3, Peter and John went to the temple at the hour of prayer, which was the ninth hour, and there was a certain man that was laid at the temple uh, who was asking of alms from Peter and John. And you all know Peter said to the man, he said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I unto thee. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. And the scripture says that the man leaped up on his feet and began to walk and run and jump and leap and praise God I don't know about you I want to see some of that anybody else want to see some of that And, and the scripture says that he was lame from his mother's womb now if you do your research at this moment he's about 40 years of age so he had been in that condition for about 40 years. And of course, the religious people get jealous. The, the uh, Sadducees and the Sanhedrin council, they get upset and, and they arrest Peter and John and they, they put them into prison, right? They beat them, put them into prison, and then the next day they're called before the Sanhedrin and they ask uh, Peter and John this question. They said, by what authority do you do what you do? And they said, by the authority of the name of Jesus has this man uh, been healed and leaped up and walked. And then they were so bold, they said, that same Jesus that you crucified and that was raised on the third day. Come on, somebody. We need a little bit more boldness about the things of God, right? And that same Jesus rose from the grave. It is by his authority that this man was healed. And, and of course, they could find no fault in him. And so having no accusation against him, this is what they said to him. We're going to Release you but don't you ever preach again in the name of Jesus Christ and they said to him sir whether it's better to obey man or to obey God you choose but we're gonna obey God why is that text so important to us because folks we are coming to a time where government is no longer church-friendly And there may be a day when they tell us to stop doing a lot of the stuff that we're doing. And in that moment, we've got to have the same boldness that Peter and John had, where we say "Well, it's better to obey you or God, you choose. But we're going to obey God, which means, folks, this is what kind of leader you have. Whatever they tell us, if it's against God, I'm going with God. And so you might as well know that up front. So talk about me. Do whatever you need to do. But where I am going to separate it is when they go against God and his word. I'm going to keep doing what God told us to do. And whatever comes along with that, I'll take it. I believe all those statements just made hell upset. So can we just go ahead and make hell even more upset? Come on, go ahead and give God a real good praise in this place. Come on online. Type in hallelujah, glory to God. We will not back down and be pressured out of the power and the glory of God. Now, let's pick the story up in Acts chapter 4. I'm going to read the whole text, then we'll get into our points for today. It says here, and as soon as they were released from custody, Peter and John went to the other believers. Now, One thing you've got to understand, folks, the King James Version said they went to their own company. When you get in trouble, you don't need to run to the world. Come on, somebody. You don't need to run to your mother and your father and your girlfriend and everybody else. When you get in trouble, we need to get together and get around other believers who believe like we believe. And they explain all that had happened and what the high priest and the elders had said and done unto them. And when the believers heard their report, They raised their voices in unity, and they complained. Is that what it says? What did they do? Say it out loud. What did they do? Lord, Yahweh, you are the Lord of all. You created the universe, the earth, the sky, the sea, and everything that is in them. You know what they're doing right there in that moment? They're making God bigger than their problems. And you spoke by the Holy Spirit through your servant, David, our forefathers, saying, how dare the nations plan a rebellion, ranting and raging against the Lord Most High? Their foolish plots are futile. Look at how the kings of the earth take their stand with the rulers, scheming and conspiring together against God and his anointed Messiah. I'll talk more about that later. In fact, Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Jews and non Jews, met together to take their stand against your holy servant, Jesus the Messiah. They did to him all that your purpose and will had determined, according to the destiny that you had marked out for him. Now, this is so powerful. I don't want to get sidetracked. But I need you all to understand what they're acknowledging is that there was nothing man did to Jesus that God had not already preordained and sometimes your enemy is being used to actually carry you to your blessing you can't see it because it's your enemy and it's contrary come on and it's affliction and it's persecution but sometimes it's preordained by God because God will use your enemies to fulfill his destiny in your life Now, he said in verse 31, now stretch out your hands of power through us to heal. Now, remember, they told him, don't preach in that name, don't heal another person in that name, and to move in signs and wonders by the name of your holy son, Jesus. At that moment, heaven was so pleased with that prayer that the earth shook beneath them, causing the building that they were in to tremble. Boy, what would we do if we were praying and this building just started trembling because our prayer the purpose of it is to glorify god and to see his power manifested in our midst you know we're not going to minister about his power today and not give an opportunity for him to manifest that power somebody's going to experience that power today in jesus name what i love here each one of them was filled with the holy spirit And they proclaimed the word of God with unrestrained boldness. All the believers were one in mind and heart. Selfishness was not a part of their community, for they shared everything that they had with one another. Of course, we see this in Acts chapter 2 as well. The apostles gave powerful testimonies about the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great measures of grace rested upon them all, not just on the leadership but on everyone that was united in prayer. See, a lot of times we think what God is doing is only for the pastor or the leaders or the ministers. How many know everything God is doing is for everyone? All it requires is that we are all committed to a prayer life. Then I love verse 34 and 5 some of you some who owned houses and land sold them we saw this again in Acts chapter 2 and brought the proceeds before the apostles to distribute to those without and not a single person among them was needy folks I believe that is God's will for the local church is that every person in that church's needs are met listen to me not through the government but through the church I need a real good amen on that one right there, right? Which means some of you all have to be so blessed that you have too much and can begin to sell what you don't need so that you can help out those that are less fortunate. Who is that online and in this room that's blessed at that level where you have multiple houses multiple lands come on somebody get your faith out there multiple cars let's look at seven indicators of a praying church and let's measure linked up church by these I think you'll be surprised seven indicators of a praying church number one they recognize the supreme importance of prayer resulting in a desire to do it acts chapter 4 verse 23 and 24 says as soon as they were released from custody peter and john went to the other believers and explained all that had happened with the high priest and the elders when the believers heard their report they raised up their voices in unity and they did what they prayed and once again What they prayed is they made God. Notice they didn't ask God for anything first. The first thing they did was make God bigger than their situation. What you've got to understand is when life hits you, don't pray your problem back to God. First thing you want to do is begin to extol upon God how much greater and how much bigger he is than your problem. So they said, you're Lord Yahweh, you are the Lord of all. You created the universe, the earth, the sky, the sea, and everything that is in them. When they were trying to keep me in Dubai, I was reminded of that. And I went back to my room, and that's the first thing I said. I said, Lord, you are God. And believe it or not, I said, you're greater than Mohammed. Jesus is great. I'm in a Muslim country. I said, Jesus is greater than Mohammed. And you are more than able to not just get me out of this country, but get me out of this country safely. Folks, stop praying your problems to God and begin reminding God of how much bigger he is than your problems. What I love about this here, when we recognize the supreme importance of prayer and we understand the power of united prayer We'll notice the response of God will always be a big one. The more united we are in prayer, the greater his response will be. Notice here, did they pray to God about what happened to them? They talked about it, but did they pray about it? Interesting observation, isn't it? Did they call a a campaign? Hmm? Did they go to the great prophet somewhere in Tennessee to get a word from him? No, all they did was make God bigger than their problem. That's a real nugget for somebody watching online and in this room. So after they're in prison and after they're released, they decide that they're going to make God bigger than what they're going through now i want to challenge us today because the church's great responsibility is to reach the loss but i want you to think about it if the unbeliever does not believe in a living god who answers prayer the reason the unbeliever doesn't believe that is because there is so little appreciation for prayer in the church okay i'm challenging us that's what it used to be, but from here on out, Saturday will look like Sunday. See, see how see how that was. Now I go fishing on Saturday, Pastor. Now nah, you ain't messing with my fishing trips or whatever. See see when we begin to prioritize that, think about it, That's one hour. I'm not talking about if you have to work and you have legitimate reason. I don't think over 4,000 people have a legitimate reason in this room or online. I won't ask anybody to raise their hand, but I know the Holy Spirit is hitting right where he needs to hit. (laughs) Number two, everyone's faith and expectancy is toward the Lord. Folks, we depend on people too much. I got to get to the pastor to get a word from God. I need, I need to go over and get a word from the prophet in, in Illinois. All of those things are great, but they are secondary to God. Because you can't get to the prophet at 3 o'clock in the morning, but you can get to God. Come on, somebody. Come on, you call me at 6 a.m. in the morning, and your number is not in my phone, I'm not answering. Because I don't know you. But call God at 6 a.m. in the morning and he'll tell you, I've been waiting all night long for you to call. everyone's faith and expectancy is toward the Lord. Acts 4, 24 says, when the believers heard that report again, they raised their voices in unity and they prayed. Once again, Lord Yahweh. So the expectancy is to God and not to people. They turned their eyes away from man and from their problems to the Lord who could solve every problem that they were facing, who is in control of every situation. See, whatever problem faces us, is important to God, especially when we go to God in prayer, it's personal to God because we decided to turn to him in our problem. So God personalizes that and says, if you're going to trust me with what you're going through, then I'm coming through for you every single time. Now, the psalmist understood this fully. Go with me to Psalm 62. Let's read verses 5 through 7 out of the Passion Translation. And I pray that this resonates with somebody uh, today. I remember R.W. Shambach would say, you don't have any problems. All you need is faith in God. And that statement is so true today, folks. You don't need, thank God for pastors, evangelists, prophets. Thank God for all of them. But what you need is God. And let them supplement what God gives you. But don't live off of a prophet's word. Come on, a pastor's word, an apostle's word. Live off of the word of God and what he said to you and let God use them to confirm it in your life. Psalm 62, 5 says, I am standing in absolute stillness. See, the Bible says, be still and know that I am God. Silent before me the one I love, waiting as long as it takes for him to rescue me. Only God is my Savior, and he will not fail me. Somebody needs to say that by faith right now. Say, God God will not not fail me. me. Come on, say it with your chest. Say, God God will will not fail me. Come on online, type that in, that God will not fail you. I don't care what you're facing right now. If you will go to God in prayer and you will use your faith and trust God, you will not fail regardless of the outcome. Even if the outcome turns out bad, God will take that bad situation. If you'll just stay in faith, turn it around, work it out so that it turns out to your good, then you'll look back and say, I can't believe I was actually believing for that because God actually, actually has something far greater for me if you'll just learn to stay in faith all the way through God will not fail you and the psalmist understands that verse 6 or stanza 6 says for he alone is my safe place his wraparound presence that we sang about today always protects me as my champion defender there's no risk of failure with God so why would I let worry paralyze me even when troubles multiply around me see sometimes folks it will get worse before it gets better but even in those times when it gets worse before it gets better you still don't need to worry because the presence of God is all around you and if God is for you I'm telling you today, don't be concerned about who or what is against you. If the Lord is on your side, never fear what man can do unto you. So even when it gets worse, uh, worse pray more. Don't worry more. If you're going to pray, then don't worry. But if you're going to worry, then don't pray. But the key to that is even though it's getting darker in my situation, I know it's getting brighter in God. So, Father, I know that you're still Lord over this situation. Even though it's gotten worse, I know it's is working for my good. So I trust you in this situation. I know that you are my champion defender. I know that when I am in you, I can never fail. I wish I had some faith in this room today. Folks, we've got all this power available to us, but how much of it are we actually using? The psalmist understands this. He says, God's glory is all around me. His wraparound presence is all I need. For the Lord is my Savior, my hero, and my life-giving strength. To somebody watching online, somebody in this room, God wants to be the hero in your situation. He wants you to trust him so much that you come out of it saying, man, there is nobody like God. No one can deliver like God. No one can save like God. No one could have done this for me but God. Come on, anybody ever been there before where? Only God could have brought this out of that. He wants to be your hero today if you'll let him. There are three things that the praying church knows. Three things that a praying church knows. Letter A, God is God and he is Lord over all. Which means when I lose my job, God is still God. And He is Lord overall. Come on, somebody, when I've got more bills than I have money to pay, him, God is still God, and He is Lord overall. Come on, when I get a negative report from the doctor, God is still God, and He is Lord over all. My wife will tell you, I tested positive, and I acted like I had never tested positive for it in Dubai, didn't I? I told the guy, I don't have that. I felt like Snoop in that moment. COVID was the case that they gave. Me. Snooped and made it to church on Sunday morning. Well, I literally, when I stepped in front of the doctor, I said, test me again. Because it was presumptive anyway. How you gonna keep me in a country for 10 days on a presumptive positive test? So then God began to give me the strategy. Folks, I don't care what happens to you. God is still God and Lord over all. Come on, can we lift him up as God? Come on, can we praise him as God? Come on, can we give him the glory like he's God? Come on, can can we act like he'll build our business greater than anything that's ever been in this earth? Come on, can we act like he'll he'll lift us above poverty? Come on, can we act like we can live above COVID? Come on, can we act like God is still God? (laughs) Folks, I was sitting next to hundreds of people who had tested the same way that I did. And I was telling the guy next to me, I said, man, your chances of getting healed, because he asked me to pull my mask up. I said, your chances of getting healed sitting next to me are greater than my chances of catching COVID sitting next to you. Come on, somebody say, God is God 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 and Lord over all. Come on, say it like you mean it. God 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 is God and Lord over all. Acts 4.24 says, so when they heard that, they ra- oh, you see how I'm reiterating this? They raised their voices to God on one accord and said, Lord, you are God. I'm trying to get this in you today. Whatever happens to you, your first response should be, Lord, you are God. Who made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them. So if he made the heaven The earth, the sea, and every fish in it, he can't bless your job. Come on, he can't get you a better job. Come on, he can't build your business. Come on, he can't heal you. Come on, he can't protect you from COVID. Come on, somebody. He's bigger. He's greater. God is the all-powerful creator and sustainer. He's the one who knows the beginning from the end. Hello, somebody. Hello, somebody. Hello, somebody. And he has a great plan for your life, listen to me, that no devil in hell can hinder. Philippians tells us that he that began a good work in you shall perform it unto the coming of our Lord and Savior. So listen to me, if God started it in your life, he will finish it in your life. Type that in online. That's powerful. Get that out into the atmosphere. If God started it, he will finish you. Hallelujah. Let that get in your spirit. If God started it, he will finish it. Dorian, if God told you to build that business, man, if he told you that, he'll build it. Something I live by, if it's his will, then it's his bill. Pastor, where y'all going to get the $5 million from? If it's his will, it's his bill. Father, if you want us to have that other building, if that's your will, it's your bill. I don't need to figure out how, when, where, what, how. I just need to trust and believe. Hallelujah. I feel like we're striking a chord in here today. I said, I feel like we're striking a chord in here today and online. Letter B: He always reveals himself through his word. Acts 4:25 and 26 says, "Who by the mouth of your servant David? So what is Peter and John doing? They're going back to the word of God to understand what's happening to them. Okay, let's keep reading and I'll prove. Who by the mouth of your servant David have said, why did the nations rage and why did the people plot vain things? The kings of the earth took their stand and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. So what their understanding is, is that everything that's happening to them is happening to them because of what they believe about Christ. Folks, you've got to stop taking stuff personal. What happened to you has nothing to do with you. But what your enemy is after is what you believe. So notice, they're able to go back to the Word to fully understand why they are going through what they're going through. And I've got news for you. We will all, none of us will be greater than our teacher. And so if he learned obedience through the things that he suffered. Guess what, folks? Life's going to hit us. But just like he rose on that third day, come on, we're coming back greater. Come on, everything we go through, we're coming back greater. Come on, somebody. And when you go in with an understanding that this is a privilege for me to actually come out better. You go through it with joy. Come on, anybody going through anything right now? Go ahead and rejoice because you're coming out greater on the other side. Come on, anybody going through anything online right now? Just go ahead and rejoice right in your home, living room, wherever you're at. Because you are coming back greater on the other side. It's just what you're being honored with is the privilege of learning obedience the way your Savior did. Now I've learned to embrace trials, persecutions, challenges. They're teaching me greater levels of obedience. How to listen to God in the trial. How to watch God, how you going to get me out of this one? I can't wait to see, boy, what you got in store in this one. Boy, you see how they tried to put that together? How you going to make me just maneuver right through that? come on like it never even happened to me and you start getting this faith in the trial moment that's just a joy right and that's when you know your faith is strong when you can still have joy in the midst of your trial let her see God sees everything somebody say God sees everything it's nothing you're going through that God is not watching notice what they said in verse 29 of Acts 4 now look Lord on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness we may speak your word. So God sees all and he waits to intervene and accomplish his will and answer to the prayers of his people. So there's nothing that's happening to you, and if you're listening today online and in this room, there's nothing that happened to you that God did not see. Listen very carefully. If you're following the principle of the word, you think you're waiting on God. But it is actually God waiting on you to come to him in prayer so he can handle everything that he saw that happened to you sometimes we try to fix it ourselves sometimes we try to trust people hey what would you do in this situation sometimes we go to somebody else who right may have successfully overcame in that same situation I mean, the way God used them to get out of it may not have anything to do with the way he wants to use you to get out of it, right? And so all God's waiting on, he's seen everything and saw everything that happened to you. The only thing he's waiting on you is to pursue him in prayer. Do you believe that today, right? If you disciplined yourself in prayer, right, and you knew the results on the other side of that, if God, that's why God doesn't show it to us, because He knows then our motive would be the only reason we're praying is to get that. Amen. When really the motive of prayer is so I can have a relationship and in intimacy with God, because the heart of God is He's already given you that. He just wants to make sure you want Him more than you want that. Anybody getting anything out of this today? Am I saying anybody getting anything out of this today? God sees everything. So God sees all, and all he's doing is waiting to intervene so that he can accomplish his will in answer to the prayers of his people. Last one today, number three. We'll pick up with part two on next week. There's an emphasis on proclaiming the gospel and winning souls. Folks, we've got to have a greater outreach here at Linked Up Church. We have an in-reach where people come in the building but we need to get out in the streets the highways and the byways we need to have more free gas giveaways all kind of stuff where we attract the lost so that we can win more souls to God Acts four twenty nine says here again and now Lord look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness we may speak your word what is the purpose of speaking the word of God so that lives can be changed notice they didn't pray here Lord keep us safe and when I meditated on that I said you would think if your life is being threatened wouldn't most of us pray for God to keep us safe they're actually praying to preach more which is what they were told not to do what they had been put in jail and beaten for doing what's the lesson here folks You don't really have to pray for God to keep you safe because he's already promised to do that. Even when you're threatened and things look opposite, just pray that you can continue to do God's will through it. See, that's maturity. Not, Lord, keep me safe. Keep me protected. They didn't pray, Lord, don't ever let this happen again. How many of y'all have ever prayed that? Be honest. I want you to think about that for a minute. That prayer means that the Lord let it happen. The Lord did it to you the first time. So you want to think about that. Isn't this good? So once again, don't acknowledge the problems. You can talk and do that, but when you pray, just pray God's will. Are you learning anything today? You would have thought now if you got beaten and you were in jail all night long, what's your prayer coming out of that? Protect me, Lord. (laughs) Keep me safe, right? Don't let this happen to me again. See, don't let this happen means he let it. It's not their prayer at all. They pray the will of God. and I say this to you all this is really for Bible school students sometimes the will of God will take you places that you don't want to be I better back out of that one right there but Joseph went to jail come on somebody Joseph was lied on But at the end of that, Joseph was able to tell his brothers what you meant for evil. God turned that around. Then he told you why, so that he could save much people alive. See, sometimes God knows you're strong enough to handle it. And there are people in bad places who need Jesus. I'm going to back out of that because I don't know if we're ready for that. That's usually stuff I would do in a Bible school. Sometimes God will lead you into the wilderness because he loves people in the wilderness too. I don't know about you, but I've been broke. I'm talking about so broke, I'm walking around finding cans and bottles. Remember when you can turn them in for 10 cents? How many of y'all go back that far? That's in Michigan. Was that down here in Georgia too? I'm so broke, I'm walking around finding cans and bottles. I have no gas in my car. I got so much pride, Rick, when I get to the store to turn the cans and bottles in, I won't even go in there. I found a bum outside and said, can you take these in there and turn them in for me? And I'll give you 50 cents out of it. And it's just $2. But back then, gas was like 88 cents a gallon. So I'm still going to get about two gallons of gas out of this. And you know why God will allow you to get there? So that you don't have pride when you're dealing with other people who are going through the same situation. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Linked Up Church. I'm sorry. I've been so hungry. I know you all don't know what I'm talking about, but I've been so hungry where I can feel my ribs. I've been so hungry where there's no milk in the house, and man, you just let the water sit in the cereal so it turns another color so you can act like and believe that it's milk. Folks, I've been so hungry where I eat the butts of the bread like it is the best part of the bread. And this is as an adult with a college degree. I know what it's like to eat cream of wheat for days on days because it stick to your ribs. And you know why God will allow me to experience all of that? It's so that I never look down on people who are going through something like that. See, the scripture says, Jesus was tempted in all points just like we are, yet without sin. Sometimes the leader has to go through everything that the people will experience so that the leader can have compassion on I'm y'all glad you came to church today. And so I would tell you, if you're up right now, never ever look down on people. Because they may be the same people you pass on your way down while they're on their way up. Never look down on the little man. Because you never know what that little man may end up becoming. Somebody give God glory in this place. Come on, somebody give God glory in this place. So now I want to ask the question today. Do these indicators indicators characterize linked up church? Not yet. We're heading in that direction. Is there a constant effort being made not to always organize and policy process and procedure, but to evangelize? We're not there yet. Is the priorities to get souls born again and into the family of God or just get more attendance in the building. We're not there yet. I believe in what God is dealing with me about. More of our ministry needs to be out there than than, than even in here. If we're in here one day a week, we need to be out there two to three days a week. Praise God. I trust that this message has touched your heart today. Listen, we don't claim to have all the answers, but we do know one answer, and his name is Jesus Christ. So if you don't have a personal relationship with him today, we wanna invite you to do so. Or maybe you had one with him, but you've just gotten away, and you're desiring to come back to Christ today. I wanna lead you in a simple prayer today. If you would, repeat this after me. Put your hand over your heart and say these words. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe that He died, rose from the grave, and He is alive right now. Lord Jesus, come into my heart and save me now. As a result of what I've confessed with my mouth and what I believe in my heart, I am right now born again and in right standing with God, in Jesus' name. Praise God. We are so excited for you. We believe that today is the first day of the rest of your life. Congratulations. We are so excited that you made the decision to get connected to God.
0: Thank you for listening today. If this message encouraged or inspired you in any way, please subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app and leave a review too. For past messages, updates, and more, please visit linkedupchurch.com or download the Linked Up Church app. You can also watch live services, watch past messages, and see our dynamic content for children, youth, and teens on our Facebook and YouTube pages. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Linked Up Church. And if you would like to support more of what we're doing, you can give online at linkedupchurch.com or text GETCONNECTED to 833-833-833. Thanks again for listening. Have an amazing week, and we look forward to connecting with you.